Disclaimer! The following program features language not suitable for all audiences, and the expressed opinions found within this program are a reflection of those who feature on the Pop Culture Effect podcast. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I'm Rockin' Rob, and on this show, I bring my closest friends together to talk about all of the news happening in our pop culture world around us. Today, we have a full house. It's quite the uh, historic moment for us. I, uh, my OCD would have wished this to be on a more mi- milestone episode, like episode 10, but you know what? Can't live in a perfect world. So today, we are joined by Blaze. Hello! Gemini. Hello! Menace. Hello! And for the first time in Pop Culture Effects podcast history, unless you're a YouTube viewer, we have Subset. Heyo! We finally have us all together, and you would believe that with five people, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Yeah, I guess though, there's no better way than to just start us off, because we tried to do this last week, and it completely failed, but we're going to try again. So, Menace, what's going on with Fairy Tale, a hundred-year quest? So, Fairy Tale, one of my favorite animes of all time, if not my favorite, is finally coming back with the continuation of the manga that is now being adapted into anime. Uh, there hasn't been a full release date yet, to my knowledge, but it is going to be covering the new manga series, 100 Year Quest, which has them going to a new continent that we haven't seen before and meeting a guild of dragon eaters. So we had the dragon slayers, which used, which were taught by dragons or had dragon lacrima in them to fight. Uh, but these ones actually consume dragons to gain their power. Yeah. Along with some other wizard that has shown up at Fairy Tale while they're away who's trying to get to Natsu. Yeah, I, I have a, the first couple copies of the manga and at least from the first couple portion of what I can gather from like the story. Yeah, it's gonna be quite the interesting thing to actually see it all be animated, especially with uh, the fact that we're kind of getting an A plot and a B plot where we're getting the plot of Natsu and his friends going on the mission and then you have everybody else back at the guild everybody else. With this new threat oh yeah i'm so excited the i i don't want to give away any spoilers with what i've seen in the in the manga but the first dragon eater they meet is like so cool I, I think that it'll be cool. I'm glad to see everybody again. I hope uh, everybody can come back to reprise their roles. Right? I hope so, For too. the voice actors. In a perfect world. But, you know, they could have just let Makarov die, but... In a perfect world. <laughs> in, a, in a perfect world. He really consumed the dragon. Like, all of it. Yeah. So, he, like, eat him, eat him, or some magic fairy tale thing? The name of the type of wizard they are, like, dragon dragon eaters, or... Did they come out with a release date? Sometime... Late 2023, possible early 2024. Hey, so it's not even that not even that far away. I'm happy about that. Yeah. I was really excited for Fairy Tale to come back in an anime capacity. I've been waiting for for so long. Rewatched Fairy Tale like six times. I was We're happy bleach now, Fairy Tale. Right? We're all they're all getting uh revamps or, or or continuations. I'm just hoping for Noragami to get there season 3. And now that the whole Gear 5 thing is over with uh with One Piece, I hope that all the other anime start picking back up again. Dude, don't even get me started on that cuz I literally sat through the first episode that it appeared in and they did nothing. They they used reanimation like 6 times throughout the the episode. I saw a clip earlier today. The man runs down and he has like the roadrunner feet and yep. his face comes off of his body. He stretches his arm, grabs it and sucks his 
face back into his head. Let's not forget the fact that he moonwalks in the air in one of the scenes. He is the personification of Toon Force. Yep. Oh, yeah. Great. He would. I love Joy Boy. He would kick the shit out of Ultra Instinct Goku, but not SpongeBob. I think he's the. I think he may even beat Sailor Moon at this. No. Uh, but going from one anime revival to an actual anime that's just been very recent in in both its debut as an anime and uh, in other means. But uh, subset, why don't you take us through what's been going on for Zom 100? It's young. It's still new. Five episodes out. An episode just came out today that I had to. <laughs> before this and as the title goes we're following along one unfortunate fellow after being abused and worked down to the ground for three years working in a company when the apocalypse happened he was already on the brink of of something but the next night everything went up to hell zombies everywhere and the only thing he cared about was that he didn't have to go back to work God, that's such a dude, ah! honestly. I feel that. I feel that on an emotional level, especially working from uh, literally working at a co-op. Wasn't he like being chased by zombies when he when that whole thing was happening too? He's like being chased, and he's like, I don't have to go to work today. <laughs> yes. What I liked about it, not only did you get a, like a clear view of what he was thinking, but all around him, everything was all gray and black, all monotone, until the zombies picked up and started chasing him, then color was there, things were getting a little brighter, and then things got even more brighter when he said, I don't have to go back to work, and then he just proceeded to just enjoy himself in the early stages of the apocalypse. It was the happiest day of his life. I always think that animes are just going to soon lose ideas because of how many animes are out there that you don't even realize exist with uh, stories that are new and unique. You would assume at one point they just become rehashes of uh, older animes trying to redo a story again. But then you get stuff like this that just continues to surprise us with new stories. I was going to say, when you said it was like See, a zombie I'm, survival I'm... anime, I'm going to be honest, my first thought went to, oh my god, is this just a rehash of high school of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. How, how far into their run have they gone for their anime? Uh, five episodes now, and I know the anime the anime is based off a of manga, which I haven't read. I'm an anime viewer, which, but I mean, right now, five episodes out currently. And the funny thing is that you guys mentioned High School of the Dead. The way they decided to title their episodes is similar to how High School of the Dead did there. Oh, really? Is it really? Yes. So, like, in High School of the Dead, they're, like, in the first episode, it's Spring of the Dead, and then Escape from the Dead, etc., etc., while in Zomp 100, it's similar. They always have, like, Of the Dead in the end, and what was hmm. going on in the huh. current episode. Interesting. Is this going to be another, like, 12-episode season? I'm not it's... sure, but things that, uh, you know, most anime's been going is probably will. This anime is taking on a certain viewpoint in zombie apocalypse and all that snaz in a different light. Because usually you worry about survival and, you know, you and your people. In mm-hmm. this, it's just figuring out, at least the main character, he's just figuring out what to do before he turns into a zombie, not survive. The reason why he's acting this way is purely because of how he was treated in those three years at that company, that production company that he worked in. That place completely messed up his, like, how he thinks things through. And the moment everything went awry, the only thing he cared about is living his best life at that point. Legit, the second episode, he just wanted to laze around in his home and just drink beer. Well, yeah, dude, your first day off I in three that. years, that's a, that's a mood right there. And then, yeah. like, four beers in, or three beers in, he had to go do a beer run because he ran out. And that's all he cared about. He didn't care, though, about anything else at that point. 
he was legit here just trying to do everything that he wants to do just to have fun and fulfill his life that he couldn't in those three years. He wasn't even affected by all the zombies around around him. He was I mean, already hey. duking it out That's the so moment he was going around. With, with how, with how now, normalized zombies are in today's media, I wouldn't blame somebody just being so jaded they're just like oh actual zombies whatever can i get can i get my yeah. two liters of milk please oh in the company he was a literal zombie just come in to work stay at yeah. work work more and work again that's how those nine to fives are i was yes. he's not the only one with a bucket list fyi there's so far uh he's sharing one with his best friend and then he there's another character who's prominent she's another survivalist and she's purely focused in what you expect a survivalist would be. Her list is legit how things to do and not becoming a zombie compared to the other dude. Yeah, and picking up she's stray people to... is a way to get yourself killed. Well, she's more very strict in being logical. If there's not a logical reason to do something, she won't do it. She even won't even spoil herself with a simple treat because it's not needed. It's not necessary. There, are, She's on that real grind set. Grind set mindset, baby. Oh, I did say that because she's always wearing a, a, a track or like a, a gym outfit, like a sports bra and a sports leggings and then a big oversized jacket she's she does runs hey, all day yeah you gotta she keeps track of her daily intake she even has like a like a row of bottles of vitamins she takes one yeah, a day you gotta you gotta but be that's in something position. That, it's a smart survival tactic all you need to do now at that point is starving instead of like nutritional starving shit like that you're listening to the pop culture effect on CJSW 90.9 FM. Well, you know, going from the survival of zombies to the survival of vampires, I just recently got to watch The Last Voyage of Demeter, and I'm gonna be honest, this, like, when I first got out of the theater, I genuinely thought it was, like, a mid-movie, like, mid-tier, like, not not incredible, but not terrible. And after thinking about that, after letting it sit for a few days, I feel like it was a pretty decent uh, understanding of the movie, because they had a lot of great elements to it. It, it. It's basically, there's this carrier ship that's taking these, uh, they're transporting a, a lot of cargo and, and they're traveling to London. Now, one of these cargo shipments end up housing the vampire himself, Dracula. And it's this really interesting concept of you're literally just stuck on a boat out at sea with this, with the vampire of vampires. Here's my thing about this movie. I've not seen it yet. I desperately want to see it. Not because of being stuck on a ship with Dracula himself, but because Sir Davos himself, Liam Cunningham, is one of the main characters in this movie, and I just want to see it just for him. It was awesome. Honestly, the whole cast was great. There was a real wide variety of not not only personalities, but different uh, like backgrounds. Like It was just so interesting to see all these different people uh, clash, but I will say, um, I won't give away too much of spoilers in the, in the sense of the movie, but let's just say that the, the, the final scene of the movie was, had far more implications and was much more interesting than the whole of the movie. Like, I don't want to say that as a negative to the movie because I still appreciated the movie, but at the end of the movie, I was just sitting there thinking, man, I really want to, like, watch whatever you just showed off now. You know what I mean? As a side note, Robbie, you you mispronounced the last... Demeter. Last word. Demeter. I always thought it was Demeter. But yeah, great movie all around. I'd rate it about six and a half. Like, Blaze, I'd think 
you definitely enjoy it. It's got a lot of great things. The design of Dracula was so interesting and the way they take the story is honestly there was one thing in the story that I genuinely didn't expect and I was really happy when it happened but yeah great movie all around and uh, it was uh, refreshing to go to the movie theater and uh, just see something original. I guess uh, I will uh, you guys can do the rest of the podcast I'm gonna go leave and go see the movie real quick. Yeah right? (laughs) Literally just leave. You guys got this. So funny. We got this. Well speaking of speaking of movies uh, Blaze before you uh, leave I think there is some uh, there is a a certain thing we need to rectify here as, uh, as you mean you mean the fact that our first attempt at talking about this topic from a previous episode got completely bombed I mean, I don't want to point fingers at who didn't specifically turn off the desktop audio. And who I will. It was Bobber. It was Bobber. It, it was me. It, yeah, I messed up. There's an episode out there that nobody will ever see. One of the movies that were on that list of topics was the TMNT Mutant Mayhem movie. And w- along with other news surrounding TMNT, I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of talk about it. So, Blaze, let, let, let's go back through a little overview of, of the movie itself because I... I gotta say, it was one of the best animated movies I've seen all year. It was both one of the best-looking animated films, but also the worst-looking animated films at the same time right. because of the animation style they did. Like, the movie looks phenomenal, but at the same time, too, the, how, with how the animation is, it makes some things look ugly, but in a good way. Right. Like, how the, the movie is basically about turtles wanting to fit in with humanity and society um definitely uh more harder take than some of the other um representations of the turtles in the past where they're like ninjas are wanting to be in the shadows and protect humanity well this version of them are definitely more wanting to be out in the light and more accepted by humanity but it's kind of funny how like the mutants look cool and look good but then the humans look ugly as right yeah there there was definitely a offness to to the way that the humans were drawn because it wasn't about the humans exactly it was about the mutants that's why it's called mutant mayhem god Mm -hmm. but uh going back to the animation though it, it definitely looks really good in the fact of it's very unique in the style that it looks like the whole movie was like like drawn out on like a kid's notepad while they're not paying attention in class. That's, dude, that's literally exactly how I was thinking of describing it, like, while I was watching it. But, yeah. And it works so well. Oh, yeah, it was great. I loved the characters. I loved the cast. So, yeah, but the thing is, we're not, we haven't really seen them acting like kids like this. They're, they're right? just kids. They felt genuine. Goofing around. I felt like they, a lot of they, the times in, in the animated shows, uh, when they did TMNT, they felt like young adults. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they all really embody young teens in like the past like two generations of how teens are in like high school right now or the high school um and the cast of who they picked to be the four turtles was really good and one thing that really shocked me is that um the voice of leo is actually the voice of gumball from uh yeah uh nicholas cantu Cantu, i think i'm pronouncing that right uh he voices i think he was like the second voice actor for gumball and he really did really well as Leo in the film but not only just the kids that were in it too there were so many big cast members in this film Seth Rogen who was also the screenwriter and producer of this film 
Post Malone, John, John Cena, Cena, Jackie Chan as Splinter, Jackie Chan as Splinter, Ice Cube as Superfly, Giancarlo Esposito. I have no idea how to pronounce this man's name, but um, played the scientist Baxter at the beginning of the film, which is kind I of interesting that. seeing him cameo as as a quick character because he's usually like a big villain character in most media. <laughs> but uh, Rotten Tomatoes is from the reviews I've seen. The Tomato Meter on Rotten Tomatoes is giving it a 96% and audience scores giving it a 91%. So it's doing really well. I mean, hey, when you're dealing with an IP like TMNT, anything you do is going to be successful. Like whether uh, it's whether it's a uh, I don't know. Uh, you ever seen you ever seen Secrets of the Ooze? You ever seen Secrets hey, of the Ooze? Hey, we're not going to talk of, we're not going to talk about Secret of the Ooze. But like come on, like with with the modern day of how they treat IPs like Sonic and Mario, like like especially with TMNT, like just recently they announced Last Ronin 2 is going to be starting as the, the comic book taking place after Last Ronin 1 and they actually just recently at the THQ Nordic event announced Last Ronin is going to be a video game which is absolutely crazy. I am so excited for that. I want to see like a Ninja Gaiden-esque TMNT game with Michelangelo. That'd be so cool. <laughs> going from one IP that's kind of getting a wide range of content being released, uh, Gemini, I heard from a lot of different YouTubers that League of Legends is making a really good 2D fighting game. Uh, so as you know, Riot or League of Legends, it's been around since I'd say roughly 2009 or say so with their uh, MOBA game league legends you've heard of it everybody you probably know it. yeah not well not everybody but I, it's it's popular and it's crap i'll admit as i play it <laughs> tragically it's but it, i understand why it's so big but yes they have been trying to branch out to other forms such as about two years ago they came out with arcane they've dropped a bunch of other games on Steam, such as, um, oh shoot, they did Mage Seeker and other things, but yeah, they are currently working on a uh, 2v2 fighting game. They, don't, they haven't released a name for it yet. All they say is that oh. it's just called Project L for the time being. It's slated to possibly release, I believe, probably, I, I'd next say it was year Yeah, 2024. Yeah, they don't have like a definitive date yet because they're still pretty much like working on it. You know, it's. I don't even think it's in like alpha stage yet technically, but they have released, you know, some screenshots and they have some stuff on it and they've even released, um, they've shown like what characters they have pretty, I'd say fully fleshed out for the time being of where the game is in its current state which is um, Darius, the Hand of Noxus. He is a general. You have Echo, the boy who shattered time. He's like a freedom fighter. Ari, she's pretty much the poster child of League of Legends, the nine-tailed fox, um, like sultry woman. And then there's Yasuo. He is every, you know, male weeb's fantasy of how they picture themselves, you know. If you've heard of the game, you definitely know of this character. <laughs> but yeah, he, it's a 2v2, so it's like... I know, um, I actually you know, hate kinda, Yasuo. <laughs> that's besides the point. But yeah, it is pretty much like, you know, you and a friend or you and a random, God forbid, team up against another group of two to you know fight they've given like the basic universal moves and then for the characters that are fleshed out they have actually released like their move sets specific to them and they look like they're pretty sim like consistent to the abilities that they have in the MOBA version whether it's the, the PC variant or you god forbid play on the, the phone game which I mean I heard it's really good it's just my phone's too horrible to even attempt it so <laughs> um it's actually yeah. plays just about as good as normal league I figured but um I heard it does look a lot crisper but the art style that they're using is really cool as well it's got this really crisp and clean um cell shading style 
where um, it is 2D, but it almost like the pictures that they've shown also have this mild 3D look to it as well. So the style that they're using is very crisp and very clean. And I say the characters do look pretty on brand to how they were designed. They're a little different because of the style is is different from what they've used in their past works that branched outside of um, the MOBA and everything. But as someone who's not really that big into fighting games, I definitely wouldn't mind giving it a try when it does come out because I am the I am a big sad uh, League of Legends nerd. I feel like there's a lot of potential for the roster too, especially with how many with with how many because they could even time it to have like characters be released for Project L to give people a taste of how they'd play in League of Legends and vice versa. Yes and no, but in, no, considering that like you know it's very different from League of Legends, it could it's definitely it's more of a way for riot to branch out their brand it's why they did arcane they were able to branch out the people who aren't really gamers and to just watch their content they released mage seeker and um you know to appeal more to the people who aren't into mobas and more prefer rpg story based games and i'm glad i'm happy that they're doing this because it's a way for them to keep their brand alive because yeah League of Legends is very popular. It's been around for so long. The name's Gemini, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect, only on CJSW. The game is hot trash, but this is how they're able to keep their brand alive by expanding to other people that don't really want to get into the MOBA or who are afraid, because I don't blame those people who have thought about it. Look at the game. Look at the community. Look at the time and effort and everything that it takes to learn the game. And they're like, you know what? No. Whoever has been in that situation, honestly, you made the right choice. Don't do it. I'm going to be a casual arcane. It also goes to the fact, it also goes to the fact of like the world of League of Legends is so big. Them branching out like this gives them more room to actually tell the story of everything that's going on. Oh yeah, totally. That's like one of the biggest things that still keeps me into League of Legends um, is the lore and the the world that they've crafted and create because i love it so much a lot of people who've been around for a while they kind of, they don't like the changes but i think it's healthy they're good changes and i like how they do this and i like how they build upon their world and their lore perfect it's beautiful and i'm also i'm also looking at pictures for people that are listening if you guys have ever played like guilty gear the art style is almost similar to that with the 2d mm. 3d kind of animation oh, yeah I, and from what i've heard from content creators like love Koo that have talked about project l what they're doing with the game and the way that they're kind of approaching certain aspects of it could genuinely change how people make fighting games going forward so i'm super mm -hmm. excited for this game to actually come out we, we have street fighter 6 tech and eight Mortal Kombat one now, but who knows? In another couple years, we may have the singular games Just to stick. Because 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 I'm pretty sure Project L is going to be a standalone game where it's going to be a procedurally added on game like League of Legends is where it can just go on for years and years. It's possible. I mean, of course, they're going to favor and work more on their baby, you know, their first child of, of League of Legends. But if Project L really kicks off and people like it, of course, they'll probably have a separate team that is devoted towards, you know, adding things and keeping Project L updated. I, I honestly, I don't really know because I'm, I'm not too big in the fighting game scene as to how a lot of them work. More than likely, yeah, they'll either just drop the whole character list least what they plan i highly doubt they'll add every single character because there's a lot of champions to league of legends and they pump them out like at least once every three to six months hey smash bros so, had like, like 100 characters it's possible <laughs> that's what i'm saying but some of their abilities aren't really necessary like because some of them are archers or like you know gunners and everything i don't really see that translating well to a fighting game 
Yeah, I, I, I'd think for any character that they try to put in that, with how much of a stylistic change of gameplay it is, they definitely have to like rework their characters and rework how they work. Well, that or, like, so is, they, uh, they is TF in the game? They've only, you know, mm-hmm. shown Echo, Darius, Ari, Yasuo. Yeah, it says they have 23 champions coming on, on launch. Yeah, they might have some of the more, like, um, ranged characters or ADCs, as they're called, in the game, which I'm not I'm not surprised they also added Jinx because she is their other poster child for League of Legends. I mean, Arcane was literally based around her backstory along with her sister Vi. Like, she's the one of the poster children for League of Legends next to Ari and Lux. Like, she's one of the top three. That ever, Like, when you think of League of Legends, you think of usually Jinx, honestly. With the newer fighting games coming out, like Project L and uh, Jujutsu's Curse Clash, I do like how they're go- shying away from, like, 1v1s, and they're going right? more, like, 2v2s team-based battles. Like, uh, like... Because that Game also allows Chronicles. you to play with more of your friends and stuff like that. Yeah, like... Granted for that. How you're actually able to, like, have one. multiple people in the battle at once. Mm-hmm. Keeps it right. going. Oh, it would keep, especially for like, now that we have like Storm coming back and, uh, Budokai Tenkaichi, like, I'm, I'm, there's definitely gonna be a resurgence of fighting games in the near, in the near future. I'm excited for it. It's gonna be horrible for my temperament. But, uh, speaking of resurgences in content, uh, going from a resurgence in video games to a resurgence in movie franchises, because Lionsgate just acquired Entertainment One's TV and film operations from Hasbro for $500 million. And you guys know what this means. We get to see, and I'm not even exaggerating, I thought this was a meme when I saw it in the article, but there's going to be an actual Monopoly movie. Oh, oh it's this oh, little thing. I don't wait, know wait, 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 wait. how they're going to make it happen, but yes, a Monopoly movie. Entertainment One made the D&D movie, right? I think so, yes. That's the case. I wonder if that's going to mean we are or not going to get any more D&D. Yep, so Lionsgate owns all of their film rights all and even some non-Hasbro IPs they now own. Uh, but the one thing that I saw that was just intrigued me is the fact that like with this Monopoly movie, we could see other Hasbro IPs come out. You know, we could finally see a Hasbro cinematic universe with the Transformers and the G.I. Joe and Barbie and Play-Doh and... wanted to do an Uno movie. It'll just be interesting to see what kind of new content this agreement will bring, what kind of new movies, experiences we're going to see. Maybe we'll be able to play Monopoly in the theater. I really hope not. I hope it's just an actual movie, (laughs) but yeah. It's going to be an interactive movie. Oh, God. God, that'd be awful. Make it personal even more. But speaking of new experiences, let's talk about the new experience that Destiny players are going to be experiencing when they go talk to Zavala. <sighs> well, it's not active right now, but as as everybody knows, the great Lance Reddick passed not too long ago. R.I.P. And a lot of the gaming community came together to help out us guardians in destiny and it was honestly a very momentous like thing in gaming i love that but they in this last week's twab uh they announced the new voice actor for zavala has been announced and it is keith david who for those of you that don't know one how do you not know and two he's played in such things he played spawn he played uh dr fletcher in princess and the frog played uh the arbiter in halo just a bunch of all around really good 
Hollywood characters in movies and games. Oh, and, and uh, Keith David from Saints Row 4. Played himself in that game? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm 100% serious. He, he played himself he did, in yeah. that game. Isn't he also the president in Rick and Morty? Yep. Oh, yeah. He is, yes. yeah. He's been getting around. Dude, he, Keith David is kind of similar to BoJack Horseman, where you just hear him everywhere now. Wait, who is the guy that played BoJack he, Horseman? He's, he's such a good actor, but I do believe, at least in my opinion, with and with everything that happened with the gaming community when Lance passed away, I believe they should have retired Zavala. I, I know it's going to be a, a hot take, but I believe they should have retired Zavala from the Vanguard. I mean, I can understand story. that. But... It would make sense, but we already are down one Vanguard. But we've already seen that one Vanguard is coming back. Yeah. Yeah, but for how long? I, uh, I that's think... just my opinion. I am excited to see what, what Keith can bring to the table. Hearing him as Arbiter gives me hope for how he's going to be as Zavala, but also the fact of he's worked with Bungie in the past through being Arbiter, so it's not uh, a new work experience for him. He's worked with these people. That was also a lot different Bungie back then. Oh, all of you who are really good in the animating and artistic view, can't wait for the memes, baby. Oh, yeah, oh, the memes are going to be great. I'm seeing so many memes of him at, of like him as Mr. President's voice over Zavala. I saw one, it's like a little snippet. I think it was from like when K died. And it, it, they took a little snippet from the campaign of MW2 when they were going through, uh, you know, the invasion of the US, of Burger Town. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm at least glad glad that they're still keeping the character alive because I feel like it would like I get where you're coming from about there being a reason to kill him off I'm not even saying kill him off like the character Zavala has been through a lot a lot he could retire from Vanguard and appoint one of the other Titans that have come back to the to the point of Vanguard I just feel like it, it might be slightly cheap just with it being like following the actual real world death, I feel like it'd be a little bit distasteful to. He was yeah, a Lance was a warlock, Meg. <laughs> I find that hilarious. Um, oh yeah, but I don't know. Like with how big of an not event, but like how how the community, the gaming community, all came together. You had all these and all these videos of the gaming community coming together to like help out the guardians or take some rest. Guardian will protect the galaxy while you're while you're grieving, kind of yeah. thing. I feel like it kind of it kind of plays down that momentous gaming event of just being like yeah here's a here's the new guy that's fair i i i, I well, that's that. just business man to be fair they waited a long time before recasting him yeah it would it would have felt distasteful if they recast him like within like a week or so right but it's been like a few months and besides they're still gonna use his line still for Zavala at this point. Yeah, they him. have. They said they have Lance uh, Lance's lines up to the final shape, which is the the beginning of the last year for Destiny Two. You know, they'll probably do some witchcraft explanation at the final shape to explain why he has a different voice. Okay, I don't think they're gonna go full gumball with it. Eh, you never know. <laughs> that was no, the, no, the no, greatest no. way to approach to acknowledge why your voice, why the voice actor's voice is different. No, he's just gonna get smacked. That's real, real quick. Because Ghost is gonna die. He's gonna recover, and then he's just gonna have a different voice. Kate's gonna come back and just sack tap him. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. But yeah, to keep things going, Gemini, I know you had 
your feelings about Baldur's Gate 3 that you wanted to express oh. last week, but now you have an extra week to play the game. You have an extra week of time on your hands with it. So uh, what's been, what has been your opinion of Baldur's Gate 3? This game is so amazing. You can tell that Larian put so much time and care and effort into Baldur's Gate 3. There's no game that, that doesn't release that doesn't have problems. My character's hair glitches ah. out every, every goddamn cutscene because she's a, a gnome, and I don't think the hair properly works well with the smaller body frames, but that's fine. The game only just released like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and they've only, they've only released hot fixes. They haven't even released the first like, you know, number one patch. Of course there's gonna be problems. It's Larian did such a great job. The voice acting is phenomenal. The facial, the animations of the characters, especially the facial animations, they always like do a little like twitch or something where it's just the subtlest of movements that mimic and reflect how human facial like faces move in the sense of like, you know, of, of your emotion, just subtle flinch or like twitch of your character's face during like a moment that could be like happy or stressful they didn't have to put that thought into it but they did it's fifth edition DD, so you know it's pretty on point to how fifth edition works they changed a couple things here and there to make it more um fit better in the game and everything but, i want um, my x-blade warlock god damn it <laughs> yeah there isn't everything that was part of that's part of base game D and everything, but the game is over 100 gigs. They added a lot. There's, you know, the ability to multi-class, you can respec and everything. You can, you know, you can create your custom character or you can, if you don't have the time and energy or creative juices to make a custom character, they have pre-mates for you that you can just play and they cover a pretty wide variety of classes. Or if you don't even like that, you can then just respec them later. All, all You have all this and it's four player multiplayer. It is, yeah. You know, you can play, you can group up a few and three of your homies and just go explore the, the Forgotten Realms. Um, another thing I've seen people praising it for is the fact that when you buy it, you get everything like yeah there's a ten dollar like digital or like a digital deluxe edition that just adds like a couple things but it's not necessary to the game it's not like it adds you know a special quest or whatever that's very specific to it it's not like another console like the ps5 edition and everything doesn't have like a special edition <clears throat> looking at you hogwarts legacy adding all the <laughs> quest and character for the console edition <clears throat> like they're not doing all this sneaky shady shit when, what you buy you get the entirety of it there's no microtransactions there's no like other shit and granted the game did just come out so they might release a dlc in the future who knows it just released but if they do that's fine it's not like they're trying to pull some like ubisoft microtransaction shit or god forbid we're not going to talk about what EA time savers their money. <laughs> time saver. I will say though the the uh, character customization in the game is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that and you've been having a good time with it. I've been having so much fun, and it's such a big game. I haven't even completed it yet, technically. Like, there's so much to do in that game. The first act alone, I think, takes people a cup like at least ten hours to complete. The first Jeez. act alone. And there's three acts. Well, there's so much to explore and to do and everything. I mean, if you want to like fully scrub every inch of the game, which I know some of you ah, are one oh. of those types where you have to scrub and scour every <laughs> inch of the game. Well, yeah, I'm looking out. at you. Every, I'm looking at you, Tyler. <laughs> every, every corner must be explored. They just have 
so much depth to this game, and the hel- the most funny thing is, um, is you know what? Actually, I think that's uh, for Blaze to talk about. I think so. I won't mention that, but I do find it funny how other people are getting upset at how good this game is. Well, speaking of the controversial oh. issues that have stemmed from Baldur's Gate Three, why don't we? Why don't we get into it, Blaze? Why don't you talk about the Baldur's Gate Three lawsuit that's been happening? So. After Baldur's Gate 3 came out, there was a sudden announcement of a bunch of other companies, uh, i.e. Activision, Blizzard, Ubisoft, and EA, filing a lawsuit against Larian Studios for defaming the game industry by actually making a game that works and unfairly raising expectations by setting the bar too high for other companies to match. Wait, what? (laughs) But you you look at that and it's like, this is the whole Elden Ring thing again, but on steroids, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, basically asking for $100 billion in damages. No, I was just gonna say, I'm assuming that this was like, you know, a joke, right? So, here's the kicker. This was all started by a TikToker named Stasma who made a video going over all of it. The entire thing was 100% fake he made it all up and the entire internet believed it hey man word word of mouth and and like you you could trust anything you see online these days not really but it gives a good precedent on how the gaming community really views the studios nowadays they're not surprised he did this i wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple executives at you know these bigger triple a title um studios that probably were a little irritated at how well this game did and how much Larian put into this because Larian isn't that big of a studio if I recall like their next biggest title was Divinity Original Sin which is a good game but like they're not that big of a studio in comparison to big AAA Hulk and, studios uh, the- with all the money and people yeah. and time but and it, it is the fact that they can do all of this it's so mind-boggling that the entire internet just instantly believed it without it being fact-checked and so many people were just going in riots against these companies saying that they're never gonna buy games from these companies ever again because of how petty they were from this lawsuit that doesn't even exist that's so funny that's so funny (laughs) a complete fabrication but on one hand honestly that is kind of a good thing that even if this wasn't true even the fact that it wasn't true you know it is a good thing that larian is kind of pretty much like raising the bar on games because a lot of these big title you know developers and everything they feel they they know that they can just shit out the bare minimum of a game and people will buy it because we're you know small-brained consumers who just will buy anything with a title on it. I'm guilty of that. I mean, God forbid, when a new Sims 4 pack drops, I grab my wallet and I instantly give them my money. Then when e- like EA, especially Bioware, when Dragon Age 4 drops, I know damn well I'm pre-ordering that shit. You know, I am, I admit, I am I like very too. much guilty of that. Everybody is. And it's sad that it's true in the sense of they can get away with that. And I'm glad that Larian didn't fall into that. I want to say that I am absolutely thrilled 
to finally have the whole team together with Menace. It was always good time. Gemini. Fun times as always. Blaze. Damn it, Gemini! You said the exact same thing I was gonna say. It was fun. <laughs> I mean, I think it was. I think it was a little bit more fun for. I think it was a little bit more fun for Gemini and Blaze due to the amount of content that they had at their disposal. There was just a lot of stuff that you got. I'm, I'm glad you guys felt uh, passionate about talking about it. And uh, last but not least, making his pop culture effect debut subset the subset 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 yep he's now pokemon i want to implore everyone else to take a look at all the other podcasts that cjsw has to offer and uh, once again i just want to say thank you so much for everyone to join me and uh, we will see you guys in the next episode provided i don't mess up the recording process and ruin a week's worth of uh, effort on the whole team god you better not i will again hope- i yeah. swear yeah right oh that'd be that'd be awful you're listening to the pop culture effect on cjsw 90.9 fm